this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today for episode 75 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. I hope that all of you listening are doing well. As always, I'd like to begin today's show by announcing the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway. Everyone who left a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 74 was entered to win those two fabulous hat pattern books, one plus one hats, as well as the Vogue Knitting Ultimate Hat Book. I chose a commenter at random using the online random number generator, and I'm happy to announce that the winner of this giveaway is Sheila from Oregon. Congratulations, Sheila. I will be in touch with you shortly to get your shipping address and get these books mailed on out to you. And to everyone else, thank you so much for participating. There will be another giveaway for you to enter at the end of this episode. So since the last time I recorded, Quite a bit has happened, and there is a lot to talk about this time. First of all, that article that I wrote and mentioned on the podcast previously was finally published, and it is now in the winter issue of Knit Scene Magazine. It's on pages 26 through 28, and here I wrote all about how I use inspiration from nature in my knitting. I have to say, it was kind of exciting to get this magazine in the mail. It's always really fun to see your name in print. And also, it was exciting because I've just never done anything like that before. So it was really cool. I invite you to check it out, and I really hope that you like it. Also, in other news, I finally released that sweater design. The one that I've been talking on the podcast for what seems like ages. This sweater is called Sprig, and I think I designed it back in July, and very, very stupidly said on the podcast that I was planning on releasing it at the end of August. Obviously, that was wishful thinking, because here we are two months later. You know, end of August, end of October, same thing, right? I promise, I did have good intentions, but there was just a series of weird circumstances that came up that kept this pattern from being published. Because this pattern had such a unique, or shall I say, bizarre construction, it kind of stumped my technical editor a little bit, and she spent a longer than normal time on it. And also, my graphic designer, decided to move houses in the middle of when I wanted to release a pattern. How dare she? So she was kind of busy and unavailable. And then my model, who is basically the busiest person I've ever met, has been even more busy than she usually is lately. So it was really, really hard for us to find a time to take the pictures. And when we finally did, the first batch of pictures did not turn out right because of lighting issues and, let's just say, 
To make a long story short, it was one thing after the other. Sometimes these things are just not in your control, and it's an absolute miracle that everybody's schedules lined up and that this pattern even exists, really. I can't tell you how relieved and how excited I am to finally have it done, because for a while there, I thought that it was never going to happen. So to tell you a little bit about this design, as I mentioned before, about the construction, it's constructed in a way that I've never seen before, which makes it really fun in my opinion. I mean, who doesn't like to knit something different? So you start out by knitting a top-down raglan, which sounds normal, but it's not, because instead of starting at the back neck like you normally would when you do a sweater like this, you start at one sleeve. And then you work back and forth, increasing on every row, placing markers as you go until you have enough stitches for both sleeves, the front and the back. And when you join it all together in the round, you are left with a very asymmetrical raglan sweater. In fact, one sleeve is much longer than the other. Now the rest of the sweater body is worked like you normally would work a sweater body, and so are the sleeves. But at the end, the neckline stitches are picked up and an asymmetrical neckband is worked sideways around the neckline. Now this asymmetrical neckband combined with the asymmetrical raglan actually results in a symmetrical sweater shape. Now when I thought about this concept, I was doubtful that I could actually pull it off, but I am so glad that I did. It's really cool looking and just different from any sweater that I've ever seen. The asymmetry of the neckline is kind of a modern look, but then it has really pretty feminine stitch details. So it's just a really interesting combination of styles and it just looks cool. So aside from the interesting construction that I just talked about, I did want to talk about those stitch details. The name of this sweater is Sprig because it has a motif on the neckline, which is a embossed sprig of foliage wrapping around one side and then it drapes at the back of the shoulder. And I just love the way it turned out on the back. If you're looking at the sweater from the back, you just see these little leaves just sitting over the shoulder as if you took kind of like a vine and just draped it over yourself. Maybe that's not a good description, but trust me, it looks really neat. Additionally, the same motif is used again on the sleeve cuffs with the leaves again wrapping towards the back. So again, from the back, you see little leaves peeking out on both the cuffs and the neckline. And these cuffs are also knit sideways, asymmetrically, kind of to mirror the shape of the neckline. And they're finished with an optional button loop closure, which I think is really fun. And just a little detail you don't always see. So as you can tell, there are a lot of interesting things going on with this sweater. It's different, it's pretty, and most of all, I think that you'll find it to be just a really fun and exciting project to knit. I really hope that you agree. So if this sweater interests you and you'd like to see some pictures of it, 
I invite you to check it out on my blog or on Ravelry. I was really excited a couple of days ago when I woke up and discovered that it had hit number one on Ravelry's hottest right now pattern list on the main pattern page. That was really fun to see. Also, I've noticed a lot of people have asked me about yarn on this sweater, and I've seen a few comments on the forums, so I wanted to address these issues and concerns on the podcast real quick. As you may already know, I used Quince & Company's Owl Yarn for the Sprig sweater. I talked about it a few episodes ago. I absolutely adored working with this yarn. I enjoyed every stitch that I knit with it. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous yarn, and I really highly suggest that you try it out for this sweater. I think it's a great fit. But for those of you who really would like to substitute a yarn, say you want to use the yarn from your stash or you don't have Quince & Company available to you, I wanted to give you some options. First of all, I designed Sprig at the recommended gauge on the yarn's ball band, which recommends five stitches per inch on a size six needle. So that's a little bit tricky because five stitches per inch is a typical worsted weight yarn gauge but the recommended needle size is commonly associated with a DK weight yarn. So when you're looking to substitute yarns for this sweater, I would suggest a light worsted or maybe even a DK weight. It really just depends on the yarn. And of course you're gonna get the best results if you look for a yarn with similar fiber content and recommended gauge as the Owl yarn. So here are a few recommendations for you. I was thinking that the Fiber Company Canopy Worsted Yarn would be a gorgeous substitution for this sweater. That is an awesome yarn, and that would make one luxurious version of Sprig. There's also another yarn I came across, Green Mountain Spinnery Cotton Comfort. Now, of course, this does not have the same fiber blend because it has cotton in it, but it does have a very, very similar construction. It's two-ply and the colors are heathered and tweedy looking, and it even has the same gauge and needle recommendation as the Owl yarn, even though this one is considered a DK weight. See how this gets tricky, people? Now on the more economical end, Barocco Ultra Alpaca would be a lovely substitution, as well as good old Cascade 220. The heathered colorways would be especially lovely. So of course all the yarns I just mentioned have different blends of fiber than the Owl. They aren't exactly the same, but all of the gauge in these yarns should work for this sweater. Each yarn has its own special qualities, and so that's where swatching is really important. You just gotta try out the yarn at the recommended gauge for the sweater and see if it produces a fabric that you like. And just remember that when substituting yarns, don't get too hung up on which weight the yarn company classifies their yarn as. As I showed you the example of the Quince & Company Owl yarn being listed as a worsted weight, but a yarn of the same exact gauge and recommended needle size being listed as a DK weight. So really choose your yarn based on gauge, and how the fabric looks 
and you're only going to find out that information by swatching. The Cascade 220, for instance, is less expensive but produces a stiffer fabric, while the Canopy Worsted that I mentioned is more expensive, but the fabric is softer, has a lot of drape, and it's way more luxurious. It's really just a matter of taste and what is in your budget. Also, I wanted to mention that my sprig pattern is from my new book that I'm working on, Botanical Knits 2, which is due out next year. But I wanted to release this pattern early because, number one, I was super excited about it once I finished it, and two, I wanted to thank you for all of your patience with me as I finish up this collection. It's taking a super long time. I know, it's taking much longer than I originally anticipated. So anyways, if you like the sprig sweater, you can purchase that one individually now, and it'll be available only for a limited time. And then later, when the book is available, Botanical Knits 2, you can apply the entire cost of the sprig PDF purchase to the cost of the book. All you'll need to do is to keep that PayPal receipt email that you get when you purchase a pattern because it contains either a transaction ID or receipt number code, which you will need later on to get that discount. So I repeat, please keep that email. You will need it later. So speaking of Botanical Knits 2, I've been working on this book for several, several months now. In the first part of the year, I admit I was moving rather slowly on it. The craziness of 2012 left me kind of feeling burnt out. I worked on two books during that year. I designed multiple patterns, all while taking care of my brand new baby boy. He was only born at the end of 2011, so I was working really, really hard during his first year of life, and it was kind of overwhelming. So in 2013, I decided to just take it easy a little bit, and I was working at a very comfortable pace. Until about a month ago. I woke up one morning just fully motivated to get this book over and done with right away. Now, I'm not exactly sure why I felt the sudden need just to get it all finished and buttoned up, but ever since that time, I've been working super hard and much more quickly. I'm now even down to just the last few designs, and I'm feeling really good with all of the progress made. I've been sharing some of these progress pictures on my blog if you'd like to stop by and check them out. So in this episode, I have some really cool yarn to talk about. But this is just not any yarn. It's a yarn with a really cool story behind it. Recently, I was sent a huge box of beautiful, soft, squishy wool yarn from none other than the Nature Conservancy. Now, I bet you thought I was going to tell you it was from a yarn company or a yarn shop, didn't you? But no. The Nature Conservancy got in touch with me a few months back, and they told me all about their partnership in Patagonia to promote sustainable sheep practices and wool production. 
Apparently, more than three quarters of Patagonia is dedicated to sheep ranching, with Argentina being the world's fifth largest producer of wool. Unfortunately for Patagonia, however, due to the dry weather and the brutal winters, coupled with 150 years of continuous grazing by millions of sheep, 20 million acres of Patagonia grasslands have been reduced to dust and have become unusable. And the ecosystem there has been pushed to the brink of disaster. So this is why the Nature Conservancy agreed to collaborate to protect and restore these grasslands, which in turn, of course, benefits the economy, the people of Patagonia, the native wildlife, the sheep, and of course, let's not forget the beautiful wool and yarn grown and manufactured in this region. So the Nature Conservancy is doing amazing things for our environment and even work that impacts our industry in a big way. And I just think that what they're doing is really great. So if you'd like to learn more about the partnership in Patagonia and the work of the Nature Conservancy, I'll be providing several links in the show notes to online articles and blog posts related to this project. And this big old pile of wool yarn I have sitting in front of me, this is directly from those ranches in Patagonia. How cool is that? And I'm not exaggerating in the slightest when I say that this is some of the nicest wool I have ever come across. I'll admit, when I was first contacted by the Nature Conservancy about this wool, I was kind of skeptical. I was picturing that they were going to send me something like really scratchy and rustic and real with like lots of stickers in it or something. I don't know what I was thinking, but it is so soft, so squishy, and so wonderful. Each ginormous skein that they sent contains 500 yards and looks roughly to be in between a sport and DK weight. And it's still in its undyed natural state. Even just plain, this yarn is so beautiful. And I am so thankful to the Nature Conservancy for their work to preserve this wool. What a shame it would be if yarn like this was not able to be produced any longer. So here comes the fun part. The Nature Conservancy would love you listeners to have a chance to experience this certified sustainable Patagonian wool for yourself. So I have three sweaters worth of yarn to give away in this episode's drawing giveaway. I will be choosing three winners who will all receive four skeins each. That is 2,000 yards total. So it is plenty for a good size sweater. And some of you may even be able to get two sweaters out of that quantity. What a treat, right? I am so excited for all of you because I think that this is such a cool prize. So word on the street has it that this yarn will be hitting the market fall of 2014. So this is just an extra special sneak peek just for you listeners. If you'd like to enter to win, you will find instructions in the show notes of this episode on my blog. Basically, you're going to leave a comment under the show notes 
as you normally would to enter a drawing. But this time, before you do that, I'd like you to follow The Nature Conservancy either on Twitter or Facebook first. That way you can keep up to speed with what this fine organization is accomplishing. So after you follow them, then leave a comment under the show notes letting me know that you did, and I'll enter you in this drawing. I'll randomly pick three winners from all of the comments left, and we'll announce these winners on the next episode. You'll have until November 15th to enter to win. I have another great knitting story to share with you this time from listener Colleen Shanahan. This is her personal knitting story entitled Knitting Dreams. My name is Colleen and I knit a lot. Some people say I'm addicted and I can verify that they are absolutely correct. I own a custom knitting business and I am going to school for professional knitwear design at a prestigious school in Los Angeles. As you can imagine, knitting is always on my mind. Really, it is. Recently, I've had a severe time crunch though. My family is moving at the end of the month and I will be moving to California from the Midwest in two months. I still have many orders coming in, which means lots of knitting is getting done. Although, there's still a lot more to do. My friend also has just announced the future arrival of a dear little baby boy, which of course means I get to knit cute little baby clothes and toys. Along with my huge yarn over, I now have so many projects and orders. I should be accomplishing even more, but I have to eat, sleep, and pack some time. So, after dinner the other night, my boyfriend, my mother, and I all sat down to knit. Yes, he knits, and he's great at it. I worked on my four projects until 2 a.m. Finally, I was exhausted. I should say here that although I do a lot of work for others, I still find time to knit for myself occasionally, although not as often as I'd like, which can lead to those corner-of-the-room projects, you know, the ones that may feel abandoned, like that lonely single sock or half of a sweater. My extreme love of knitwear has never let me down, though, and I have always had a more challenging project or deadline, which usually keeps me enthralled and does not allow me to get burnt out. Until the night of this story. So, after I finished my bobbin of spinning, my spiral cowl, and the Pembroke vest panel, I determined that I was no longer even thinking about my knitting. I was thankful, though, that I had not made any mistakes since my eyelids had been drooping in the last half hour. I shooed everyone off to bed so I could get some sleep. I had to get up early and do it all over again and also work my part-time retail job. So I lay down and fell quickly into a deep slumber. I had the best dream. I was knitting a beautiful cabled sweater, that lovely Olivier pullover from the Interweave Knits Weekend 2010 magazine. I had started 
it for myself at a knitting retreat back in December of 2012. It was gorgeous in its beautiful milk chocolate colorway. I could see the cables flowing effortlessly from my needles. All the left twists, right twists, and big branchy sections just crossing over a beautiful seed background. How swiftly I finished the neck, and the front was a woolly blur. The sleeves were almost done. Could anyone ever knit such a wonderful sweater so fast? I would wear it so quick. I wouldn't even block it. Then it happened. I dropped my needles. The beautiful stitches unraveled so quickly, and all my hard work fell away. I grabbed at the fabric, frantically trying to find the needle ends, which had disappeared completely. It was then that reality took a hold. I woke to find myself scrambling for needles, and upon turning on the light, found that I had been sleep-knitting my blanket. Yes, I was working it with my hands as though I was knitting. Although there was no actual knitting there, and I was just knitting in my sleep. I sighed to myself and was so disappointed that my progress had been for nothing. How silly! Well, today my pullover is still waiting in my bag for me to come and find it, and hopefully... Sometime it turns out beautiful and stays intact. As for me, maybe I need a night off. Thank you so much, Colleen, for sharing your story with us. If you'd like to see more of Colleen's knitting, I'll be providing a link to her Ravelry page as well as her blog in this episode's show notes. Also, if you listening have a story that you would like to share on the podcast sometime, please email me. I'd love to hear your story. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode, as well as all episodes of Never Not Knitting, can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. You can also find me over on Ravelry under Never Not Knitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting.com at gmail.com. I want to thank you again so much for joining me for today's episode, and I hope that you'll join me again at the end of November for episode 76. Until then! She won't even do the dishes The house plants They're all dead Yeah, her needles are a-clicking From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care She's never not knitting and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she's just knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. 
but they have closets full of sweaters and more socks than they could ever wear. There's yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.